0: A start On demand. On demand
1: On today's podcast for The Start, we're going to tell you about Help Next Door MB, which is a new online resource for volunteers looking to help out and for people who need help. We'll also introduce you to a Manitoban who works for a storage company who is offering free storage containers for emergency services, food banks, and shelters during this crisis. Relief is coming for homeowners, but what about renters? And McNabb's husband tried to convince the kids that Airwolf, remember Airwolf? That Airwolf is a cool show. And what the kids had to say about it is priceless. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren Mcnab. We are Mackling, McGarry and Mcnab, and this is the Tuesday, March 24th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry and Mcnab, thank you very much for joining us this morning. I want to say hello to all of our loyal listeners and welcome our many new listeners. We understand... Many are turning to CJOB either for the first time or for the first time in a long time. My dad said to me the other day, CJOB has always been where Manitoba turns in times of crisis, and we take this responsibility very seriously here on The Start, and we will continue to endeavor to get you all of the information and answers you need during this unprecedented crisis. However... This is a morning show, and we also take our roles as entertainers quite seriously. And in times like this, we need a healthy mix of news, information, and levity. So with that in mind...
2: (laughs) Yes!
3: Oh, yeah. So good.
1: Greg, (laughs) do you recognize this theme song? If you don't recognize it, you gotta clean out your ears! It's Airwolf, is it not? (laughs) Yes! Airwolf, the mighty show about a helicopter. And Loren McNabb, can you tell us why Airwolf is... uh... I love the video, by the way. The video for this intro, when they show the first actor, uh, I think his name was Jean-Michel Vincent or something. He's playing like a cello. Anyway, uh, why are we talking about Airwolf?
3: Well, I don't know how this came up in our house the other night, but we were putting the kids to bed, and I'm not going to pretend like we're not, you know, amping up the screen time around here. We are. And so it came up where we were talking about TV shows and my husband said, hang on, hang on. And he pulls out an Airwolf v- wolf video to show the kids and he's just pumped. Like his fist is in the air like it's a rock concert. You know, we're all just like, yeah, Airwolf. <laughs> and my nine-year-old is watching this video and he's like, and I hear him say he's nine so the helicopter can shoot down like a, like a like an airplane, like a helicopter can shoot down an air force plane. Like, so a helicopter's faster. Is that what we're saying basically? And then he goes on to say, well, that just defies logic. That doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. Your nine year old yes. said that? Like, his words were defies logic. And my husband looks at me and he's like, he's not wrong. Why did this helicopter go on to take down like F-18s and that kind of thing? But hey, we were pumped. It was a good way to go to bed. It was like a good, like everybody get to bed. Woo!
1: Yeah, Airwolf man. Did you like Airwolf or Blue Thunder, Greg? A uh, neither. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they were both yeah, that. That was not really in my wheelhouse. I was, I think, when those were on, would have been the early '90s. So those were in my those were in my bar days. Shall Airwolf we say. was Airwolf was 1984. Ooh. Was
1: 84? Yeah. Get out! Yeah, four seasons. Uh, three, I believe, on CBS or... Uh, I can't remember if it's NBC or CBS, and then a fourth season on the USA Network. And, I am shocked. Yeah? Uh, um,
0: yeah, nope. That, I definitely wasn't in the bar uh, <laughs> in 1984, maybe once.
3: <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, but you know what? It's probably one of those things where, first of all, like, a lot of shows didn't come right away to Canada. And then, honest to goodness, mm. on the farm... Like, we felt like we were years behind sometimes. Like, when people were talking about Punky Brewster, I had no idea what that was about. Really? We just didn't get the show.
1: Oh, wow. Know? Although, did, okay, did you get, uh, what was that channel? Was it KNRR? Was that oh, the one? No. There was a channel that came out of, uh, was it Pembina?
0: Yes, yes, that was KNRR, but in Minnedosa you never would have got that. Okay. It, was, it was tough oh, to get no. north of Winnipeg. Um yeah, what did you have? I mean, CKND didn't start we broadcasting in Minid- yeah. Minidosa. There's the big tower uh, for CKND in in Minnedosa, right?
3: Yeah, the C- the global towers there now, as it would be. Yeah, we had the so we had the three mains like CBC, CTV, and global or see candy at the time and so it's not like we didn't get the shows i just always felt like i did we definitely didn't like i didn't get much music i didn't have i didn't have a clue what that was unless i went over to someone's house or mtv um i just felt like we were behind or it could be because my dad twice in high school just took the tv away for us for six months at a time <laughs> six so months that could have something to do with oh yeah oh, full six months wow. twice love to know well, what you did to you know do what that. crafted nothing email. i was a star student. I was a sure. just lovely person. Sure. I don't know sure. what I did to deserve it. <laughs>
0: so coming hey, up Brett, and- yo I got to ask you. So does that mean Airwolf was the flying answer to Kit? For Night Rider was that sort of the the thought there cuz that feels like that's the same time frame.
1: I'm just looking up Night Rider when it's to see when it's. So that started in 1982, so it is possible uh, that Airwolf was the answer because that was on NBC and Airwolf was on CBS. Okay. Uh, so an Airwolf was about they the, the, the this sort of shadow government organization tasked this crew to steal this helicopter from some bad guys so that they could use it to take out the bad guys and use it for good uh, and it had sort of a cold war theme so I guess it's possible because yeah Airwolf was this super high tech helicopter although it didn't talk it didn't it didn't <laughs> yeah. talk like, Fair it. Enough.
3: like it, Fair it, wasn't, enough. it wasn't speaking to anybody it was just shooting down state of the art technology as a helicopter that was what it did
1: Playing McGarry and McNab, the theme song for Airwolf, which over the weekend McNab says her husband tried to tell the kids how awesome, how cool Airwolf was. <laughs> And the kids did not agree at one point even saying that just defies logic when Airwolf yeah. took out some fighter jets. So that got us thinking about the cheesy old shows, the cheesy old movies that we once loved that just would not hold up today in court. So why don't we start with you Loren because this was you're inspired by your topic and you you made a choice here that actually came as well from another listener, Lauren.
3: Well, oh, Lauren and Loran are agreeing. I like it. Can you? Do you want to just hit play? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Hailing from the planet
1: Melmac, Gordon Shumway, aka Alf.
3: And I don't know if I'm actually wrong on this because I feel like when I look at it now that character like Elf and the way he looked and all the rest would be so cheesy to kids now but I don't know there's something about it like in terms of the messaging and all the rest I think could still play today. I'm I'm torn. Part of me thought oh my god this was so bad when I looked at it this morning and then the other half of me thought, I bet you we could all watch this again. What do you think, Brett?
1: I, I agree that I think it, it could still be done. They would just have to update it because it was such a classic 80s stupid sitcom with awful dialogue, just like really low brow kind of like just bottom feeding cheese ball dialogue and I think if they updated it and gave it some wit and gave it some clever dialogue and maybe dispensed with him trying to eat the cats uh, I, think, I think it could hold up. You're on. lucky! Come
0: on, lucky!
4: <laughs>
0: oh my gosh! That was pretty good, Greg. Yeah, sounds exactly like him. <laughs> I confess I watched uh, an, the very first episode of ALF the other day. It's on Amazon Prime and I was super excited to watch it and um... It's not that bad.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. I thought you were going to go a different direction there.
0: No, it's not that bad, and in HD, uh, it's it's uh, really cool to watch. And it was their uh, neighbor, Mrs. Was it Mrs. Admonick? Yes. Was that how you said her name?
3: I think so. Yeah.
0: I think that's Jerry Seinfeld's mom in the. In the Seinfeld series, so oh, it's kind it's kind of neat to to watch it. So I'm a huge Alf fan. I I think he's hilarious, and uh, I will be watching more episodes of Alf, and I will make the kids watch one with me, and uh, I'll report back.
1: And Greg, what was your selection? Well, you know, mine doesn't go back that far,
0: and it's ironic because uh, this movie actually won an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects in 1998. Starship Troopers.
5: The bugs laid a trap for us, didn't they? Ah!
2: Prepare for battle and journey to the front lines of the next frontier. Kill them all! Starship Troopers.
0: Are the effects That that bad? No, they just, they just don't age well. Like compared to now, they're just not very good. And, uh, I mean, it was this cheesy storyline to be, to begin with, but you have Denise Richards, which kind of overrides <laughs> everything else. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, uh, one of those movies I really enjoyed when I, ca- when it came out, but I watched it about five, six years ago and uh, I really had that sense of, oh, this is not really terrific. Yeah. So,
1: i got to go back and watch it again. I really enjoyed that movie. And, uh, you know, it's got some uh, – Paul, director Paul Verhoeven always has some sort of political uh, uh, undertones underneath uh, this one, speaking out against the military machine. Jeff Braun, co-host of The Couch Potatoes. What say you? I couldn't think of just one. The, the answer I came up with was every sitcom from the 80s <laughs> for the exact
0: reasons you gave, Brett. The, the bad dialogue. The jokes are just groaners and lame, and they're few and far between, and then in just about every one of those shows that about, I think, I think someone actually timed it, it's like a 24 minutes into it, that's when uh, the soft piano music starts and everyone <laughs> learns a lesson and hugs each other and that sort of thing. Which, and that's what was so great about Seinfeld, is they said, this is what's wrong with TV and we're not doing any of it, which is what sort of set it apart, but every sitcom from the 80s was like that, and it's just brutal to
1: watch now. And uh, how about you, Forte?
6: Me, I actually now this is an excellent movie. It's an excellent movie, but in the year 2020, it's a little dated.
5: Hey, 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 hey! hey. Stop, little girl, little girl,
3: stop! Look, I need to borrow your hoverboard. Where is he?
6: So yeah, hoverboard, and they're supposed to be in 2015. That's him going to the future. That's yeah. now our past. Hoverboard, the way they dress, a lot of the technology that they thought 2015 was going to be like. It's yeah. a
1: little dated. Not even close. Yeah. It's funny then when it came out to think that we might have flying cars and all that stuff and it never happened. We are just getting an avalanche of text messages at 204-780-6868. Many votes for Alf. Uh, another listener. This is Don saying all in the family would never fly today. And what was the show uh, where the line was pow right to the Alice pow right to the moon? the so honeymooners. The,
0: the honeymooners. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was probably funny then, but now, my God, some of the stuff that we used to laugh at just, you can't get away with that anymore. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Some of the suggestions. Dukes of Hazard, MacGyver, Quantum Leap, Cop Rock. Keep those suggestions coming at 204-780-6868 of shows and movies that you once loved that are just kind of hokey now. And actually, you know what? Details in our next segment on how those suggestions can win you a $50 gift certificate for Skip the Dishes. But we start this hour once again with COVID-19. As many Manitoba businesses have already closed their doors to do their part to stop the spread of the virus. They've either completely shut down or in the case of many restaurants, they've closed in-dining options. But remain open for pickup or delivery, Greg.
0: Yeah, and as we were telling you about 30 minutes ago, those voluntary closures weren't enough for places like Ontario and Quebec. They've ordered the closure of all non-essential business while entire countries have gone into lockdown. We've talked about Italy, Spain, and then yesterday it was the UK, the latest to join that list with residents there waking up this morning to life under lockdown. And I want to go back really quick to Friday. I'm looking at a tweet from a gentleman by the name of Scott Gilmore. And he put side by side a picture of the the uh, subway in toronto absolutely empty a car uh, with absolutely no one on it and in london people belly to belly face to face month to month uh, mouth to mouth crystal gomansing is global's european bureau chief she's based in london and joins us now good morning crystal good morning I don't know if you saw that picture or not, but uh, packed uh, tube on Friday, w- would that have been accurate in, in terms of how London and uh, England in particular were, were dealing with this crisis?
6: Well, it wasn't even just on Friday we saw a pack two photos uh, emerging and in hitting social media on Monday some more pictures this morning uh, it was a part of my coverage for uh, global national uh, on Monday and it was uh, you know a part of the reason that uh, British um, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson cited the the, the changes the lockdown saying that um, you know it, the message just wasn't getting through we saw the mayor of London um, just pleading with people time and time again saying stay home stay home and now you know the UK as As you mentioned, is in a lockdown situation, but still, there seems to be confusion over who is supposed to stay home. Um, You know, the message seems to be relatively clear if you pay attention to the first part, which is stay home. Um, you know, there's there's only four situations that you are allowed to go out sl- outside right now, which is if you need to go uh, buy essential foods, basics, and you're supposed to do that as infrequently as possible, get delivery whenever possible. You're allowed to go out um, for one bout of exercise per day. You can't join up with other people. You can go with people from your immediate family. You're supposed to stay two meters apart during that time. You can go out for medical appointments to help vulnerable individuals and here here is the thing that seems to just be the issue. You can go out to go to work if you absolutely have to. However, if you go back to point number one, which is stay home, most people wouldn't be going to work.
1: Deaths from the virus in Britain yeah, jumped from 54 that's... to, uh, sorry, from 54 to 335 on Monday. Uh, so it, are, there, are you going to be punishing people for breaching the terms of this lockdown?
6: That is what Boris Johnson told everyone last night in his televised address saying listen the police will have the power to find people to break up gatherings that you know these are such strange situations to be in but it is the, the reality of, uh, of of many people right across the UK and, and all of Europe.
3: So with that confusion, Crystal, that you highlighted, you know, the idea that you can't go to work if you're on this list, but you should stay home. What, what does that list contain? Who is supposed to stay open and, and who is staying closed? Has that helped clear up some of the confusion or do you expect that list to expand in the days to come?
6: Well, the the list is really quite small. Basically, any shop, previously we're told that, you know, pubs and restaurants were all supposed to shut down. Unless you could offer takeaway, then you could still stay open and only if you could guarantee that people would stay two meters apart. But now it's a complete, no, you should not be operating. Shut down your business. There's questions about, okay, well, what about construction workers? We saw, you know, images of construction workers on sites in London today. You know, who exactly should be going to work? I thought that there would be more clear information provided about that it is not spelled out They're sort of going with the idea of, well, you know, if you're an essential service, obviously nurses, doctors, they need to go to work. Um, You know, journalists, I've even looked at the question going, you know, can I can I go outside to gather? Can I can I go do interviews? And, and, you know, there are some some press freedoms. Obviously, I have, um, you know, foreign press credentials. I am allowed to go outside if it's a must situation. But this is also about individual health and safety. And they are trying to get that message into people's heads. You know, we heard during your newscast that, you know, a number of Canadians were saying, oh, it's, it's overblown, it's not that big of a deal. And that has been the um, mindset that governments have been fighting right around the world.
0: I listened to Boris Johnson's uh, presentation to the, to Great Britain last night, Crystal, and I couldn't help but think about the stark differences in how Ireland has been hi- handling this versus the rest of the UK. It's kind of bizarre. Ireland obviously shut down their uh, St. Patrick's Day celebrations, and I know uh, from speaking to people uh, that have relatives there that Ireland has been in sort of a shutdown mode for going on two weeks now.
6: It is a really interesting situation, and there was a lot of, of of political pressure on Boris Johnson and his Conservatives to change the tactic that was um, being deployed here in the UK. You mentioned the situation in in Ireland, so they had shut down; they had no schools uh, running much uh, before in any other place uh, had shut down the schools. But you have kids that cross the border from, you know, the uh, the UK going into the Republic of Ireland and, and going to school and back and forth. So there was this confusion. We saw pressure from, from Scotland. We saw pressure, um, you know, from other locations. And then it's a little bit more of a cohesive uh, effort happening now. But again, the question is, is it enough? Is it soon enough? And we are hearing them sort of go with this very clear trial. Trying to hit that point home where you could repeat it over and over again, which is stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. Just this morning, um, UK mobile users were getting um, text messages with the with the reminder of saying, "Hey, these are the new rules. Follow them."
1: Crystal Gamansing is Global's European Bureau Chief. She is based in London, joining us live on six eighty CJOB. Crystal, thank you very much for this.
6: You're welcome. Have a great day.
1: Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. A smaller group of MPs will reconvene in the House of Commons today to work on emergency funding legislation in the wake of COVID-19. We will visit with one of our Ottawa reporters after 8.30. But, Lorraine, right now we want to talk about what many Canadians feel is missing from this conversation.
3: Yeah, and I know there's many of us uh, that are at this table right now thinking about, or at our virtual table, I should say, Brett, we're talking about renters. We you know, big banks announced some reprieve for homeowners who may find themselves without a job in the months ahead and unable to pay their mortgage. But what if you rent and lose your job as a result of this crisis? Premier Brian Pallister said just yesterday that they're looking at all sorts of options and solutions and that there will be more to come. But for now, there's a lot of uncertainty. And Greg, I was talking to a friend of mine last night about this, and they actually reached out to their landlord with that question. And his response was, you know, I wish I had to answer for you. He just didn't know
0: yeah i'm a property owner as well and i, I rent uh, a few properties and i'm doing my best to, to work with my renters so uh, on my side the uh, mortgage relief hasn't been necessarily uh, as easy as it might be laid out to be avram shirak is with the professional property managers association of manitoba we're going to bring him into this discussion he joins us now good morning avram good morning Uh, Is it possible for property owners to defer rent payments? I was getting one answer Friday. I got a little bit of a different answer uh, yesterday and then a different one um, already this morning. What are you hearing uh, in your world?
5: Well, we can't afford to defer rent payments. We're no different than the people who rent from us. We have mortgages and utilities and operating expenses to pay, so we need to have the money to pay the bills so we can keep our tenants in safe, affordable housing.
1: So in the event that you have tenants who can't make their rent, is there uh, the likelihood that a lot of people are going to end up out on the street?
5: We're going to try our hardest to work with people. Um, Most of our companies are looking at working with any tenant who's in a tough situation to try and get through this together. Uh, We've also been discussing locally, provincially, and nationally with governments about programs they can set up to ensure that we will get some rent from our tenants uh, through the government, if possible. If the tenants don't have the money, they're talking about all these support programs, but none of the support programs indicate there's going to be an ability to pay rent. They talk about homeowners being able to not pay their mortgage, or at least just the interest portion, but they don't talk about you know us, the people who own those apartment buildings, not paying our mortgage. So we need the money to pay our bills.
3: So you're looking for more clarity, Ava,
5: we're definitely if, looking for, for example, for the
3: government says, you know, you could, right, if they say you can defer mortgages as also, you know, high-rise owners or condo owners that are renting out, would that help in the equation? If you're able to defer your mortgage on your, say, 200-suite property, then that might allow you to have some deferment on, on the renter's side. Does that make sense?
5: It would certainly take the pressure off of us because at this point, we feel like we're the only ones who have to pay our bills
0: so what is someone to do if they are feeling the pressure right now uh perhaps uh you've got a a couple and both of them have had to apply for ei what do you suggest that they do while they wait for that ei and the first of the month is on the horizon uh what, what's the best course of action if you're a renter right now and you, you're you not sure you're going to be able to pay your rent even though you've done so on a regular basis, uh, maybe even religiously for, for many years?
5: So I give the same recommendation we give our tenants. I've been in the business 24 years. If you're having a problem, call us and we'll try and help you with it. Uh, you know, I know that our company, as an example, is not planning on charging late fees at all during April and hoping that our tenants don't take advantage of us. But if that means that we only get a few hundred dollars from someone at the beginning of the month and a few hundred in the middle of the month and the rest at the end of the month, at least that allows us to pay our bills and doesn't prevent them from eating while they have some money for rent and some money for food.
1: So then, uh, yeah, because I mean, let's face it: a lot of people who rent simply just cannot afford to buy a house. So, so many vulnerable segments of our population are renters. So they're if and it's got to be a tough dilemma for you guys because, yeah, you got to pay your bills, uh, but for, if your tenants can't afford to pay the bills, then it's just going to be this sort of big domino effect of a whole bunch of people who just can't afford to make the payments.
5: It's it's horrendous. The thought process. I mean, we're. We're almost a $2 billion industry in this province, and and, uh, we we collect hundreds of millions of dollars of rent. So those hundreds of millions of dollars of rent not being collected annually means that many hundreds of millions of dollars we can't send out to the people we owe money to. And uh, we're hoping, and and we're hoping in a good way. We've started discussions with the provincial government. They actually reached out to us before we reached out to them and said, any ideas? We've presented them with some ideas. We now have to see what uh, what they can come up with.
3: Is that most promising to you? Do you have a timeline for that? Uh, is there a timeline for that, Avram, in terms of when you might hear back from folks? Uh, you know, this week, Friday, because as Greg mentioned, we're closing in on that first of the month. So what have you been told in terms of when they might have some options or solutions?
5: You know, this is such a fluid situation. We, we haven't got a firm um, anything. If you want to talk about that, as an example, I sit on the national board for Property Management Associations, and uh, we got an email at uh, about 7 a.m. yesterday saying, can we have an emergency board meeting at about 1 p.m. yesterday, and we'll get you out the materials that we're preparing by noon. So we're all reading our proposals that that our national organization is making while we're discussing them and trying to approve them and get them to the federal government. It's no different provincially. Uh, They reached out to us on Friday. Uh, We reached back yesterday afternoon, and... um, we hope we get an answer shortly, but if it doesn't come today and it doesn't come till next week, I think we have to be a little forgiving. Everybody's just so behind the eight ball here.
1: All right, Avram Sharak with the Professional Property Managers Association of Manitoba. Greg, uh, we got about 30 seconds. Did you want to sneak one more question in here? No,
0: you know, I, I, I think uh, the encouraging thing, I would say, Avram, and you can uh, confirm or deny, is the fact that the, the provincial government did, in fact, reach out to you on this. That, I think, is always a good sign when government is reaching out to, to an industry like this to, to ask for solutions.
5: I agree completely, and I'm not talking about an assistant deputy minister. The minister responsible for our portfolio is the one who called us directly.
1: All right, Avram, thank you so much for joining us today. We very much appreciate the time because a lot of people have been texting us saying, what about renters? What about renters? What do I do? So we thank you for providing this insight.
5: Our pleasure. Take care and stay well.
1: Question of the day at CJOB.com. Loren, should playgrounds be closed during the COVID-19 pandemic? Why is that our question of the day?
3: Well, the Manitoba School Boards Association put out a memo yesterday asking schools to basically consider shutting their play structures and and even uh, saying schools should be removing any equipment to limit usage on the playgrounds if they can, and that has to do with COVID-19. Alan Campbell is with the Manitoba School Boards Association and joins us now. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. So we understand, we've spoken to Manitoba Health. I've emailed them this morning. They say this is not a directive from them. This is coming straight from the school board. So what are you hoping you see schools do in the days ahead?
4: Yeah, so I think I think it's pretty reasonable to expect that when school boards are looking at the best ways to make sure that public school infrastructure is not part of the spread of COVID-19, uh, that, that has to include play structures which are basically one large uh, touchable surface for kids to play and we've had conversations about this uh, in recent uh, days. Um, If we're going to be serious about uh, physical distancing or social distancing then having the local public school playground as a place where parents can sit together uh, in close proximity to one another on the benches that are provided while their kids play together in even closer proximity and then touch all the surfaces of the slides and the swings and the monkey bars and the climbing structures uh, and then go home and then have somebody else from down the street come and touch all those surfaces uh, in a completely open environment, That that's the opposite of what we're trying to achieve. So we've taken great steps to make sure that the school infrastructure itself is disinfected and clean. It's difficult to do that on pub- on publicly accessible play structures. So this is a measure to say, um, let's let's make sure that that the the play structures at public schools are also not part of the spread of COVID nineteen.
0: Alan, I have to imagine that this also gives uh, parents that are trying to do the right thing more ammunition to do uh, the right thing and make more great decisions in terms of physical distancing it's it's one more thing that you can point to when when you deny maybe the opportunity for uh my kids to get together with your kids
4: yeah what what happens what happens naturally at a playground when families that might not even know each other come together is a play date so if we're having conversations at government And different levels about how we shouldn't be doing playdates and we should be maintaining social distancing, then that has to apply in the playground. And we feel this is a reasonable step to say, let's limit access. We've had conversations with our colleagues uh, at the Association of Manitoway Municipalities because, of course, many play structures in different municipalities are owned by the municipality or they're shared between the local public school and the local town or village or or rural municipality. So those conversations are ongoing. Um, But the main thing is that... Uh, school boards are taking steps uh, as much as possible to say COVID-19 is not going to be spread as part of our uh, on, on our infrastructure. And in cases where we can, you'd mentioned removal of different pieces of equipment uh, where that's possible, that's being done. But for the most part, it'll be signage. It'll be community awareness, social media campaigns. I've seen many, many school divisions sharing the memo from school boards. So the message is getting out there.
1: Yeah, I see the Winnipeg School Division, for example, is, is one of the divisions that is already uh, putting up signs. Use of playground equipment prohibited at this time to limit the spread of COVID-19. Uh, do you anticipate any pushback from parents?
4: Uh, we don't. We haven't seen any uh, that I'm aware of. And I've been looking at all of those posts because, as you well know, uh, Facebook comments are, are sometimes a pretty clear gauge of what people are thinking. And uh, we haven't seen a lot of pushback. We've had some, some retweets uh, from municipal councillors and, and the like, but mostly supportive to say, heads up everyone, this is a particular playground that's shared by the municipality and the school, want everyone to be aware. Uh, and in cases where we can you know, remove physical infrastructure feasibly and sustainably, that might happen. But for the most part, it's going to be about self-policing and, and asking people to apply their new reality of physical distancing to this as well.
3: All right, Alan Campbell with the Manitoba School Boards Association. Thank you for this. One of the many changes we'll likely see in the days ahead. Appreciate you popping on.
4: Thanks so much.
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page, the 680 CJOB Facebook page, for your chance to win a $50 gift certificate for Skip the Dishes. All you got to do is tell us what's your favourite cheesy old TV show, that you liked back in the day and now it would not hold up, whether it's the effects or the dialogue or whatever. Let us know which show and why you think it wouldn't hold up and then we'll pick a winner later this afternoon. We start this hour in the most difficult times. Human nature and our affection for one another as human beings shine through.
3: We like to think that we're as good at looking out for one another in Manitoba as anywhere else on the planet. And of course, historically, Greg, we've always come together in snowstorms, in floods and in other times of need. And I think the mantra for many Manitobans is we pull together and and we just get stuff done.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, Lorraine. Yesterday, the province opened more of an official way for us to do that, an online portal, an app which connects individuals in the community who are prepared to do errands for others who are unable to leave their homes. Partners in this connection tool, join us now. We welcome Joelle Foster, CEO of North Forge. Good morning, Joelle.
7: It's so great to be back in Winnipeg.
0: No kidding! It's so great to have you back, and we'll we'll have you on the air just to to talk about your adventures over the last year and a half or so. Chris Johnson is the CEO of Permission Click. He also joins us. Good morning. Good to have you, uh, Chris. Hey, we heard some initial numbers earlier. Uh, well, all throughout our newscast and, and yesterday when this first went online, uh, I saw the announcement. My dad immediately went on to the website and said, yeah, when I signed up, uh, it was really just a list of people volunteering. And the early uptake was about 800 volunteers, 40 requests for help. Can you give us some updated numbers, Chris?
8: Yeah, as long as you're sitting down. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's the it's the it's an amazing Manitoba story, and proud to be part of it. But uh, yeah, we we are now over 99 cities and towns in the province have volunteers who've stepped up. We're over 2,400 volunteers at this point, point. and you know you can almost picture uh, picture it as you know 2,400 Manitobans have sort of pitched a tent, and now it's there, and and hopefully we don't need this tent, but if we do, we have folks ready and willing. And, and we've matched uh, around 60% of our help requests already. Probably my favorite story so far is, uh, you know, someone who's, I saw a, a post where they were immune compromised, needed someone, they just put put up a really small little grocery list, just some fresh fruits and vegetables, those things that you can't pre-stock up on. And, uh, and a helpful volunteer matched and, and went and grabbed that stuff from the from the store for them. So I mean that's what it's all about is just small acts of kindness uh to just, you know, help someone stay.
3: Chris, I can't tell you uh, how this has just warmed my heart right now after 3 hours of talking this morning about all the things that we're working hard to do as a community to help one another but also stay safe and so to hear you have 99 cities and towns on that list, uh, thousands of volunteers um it's it's what we all needed to know this morning that we were doing to help each other and joelle just to explain to folks you know how how are we connecting them together and how are we going to make sure we continue to do that in a safe manner manner please maybe just explain a bit about the process once you do sign up for either the the help or to be the helper
7: well basically it's a it's not a it's not an app that you download by itself it's uh through the browser so that it's easy to access. You don't have to uh, go through an app store or anything like that. And then it's very easy to sign up. You can sign up as a volunteer or someone who needs help or both. And you upload. I mean, Chris can talk more about the safety behind everything. But you upload a personal ID. And we are working with... um, the, the courts and uh, uh, child yeah, services. Yeah, Department of Justice
8: and Child yes. Services, yeah, yes. for registry checks and background yes. checks.
7: Yeah. Yeah, just to make sure that everyone's safe. Other, other, like, there's other platforms out there, uh, Facebook and incredible things like uh, One Neighborhood that are doing these things. But we just wanted to ensure that people were felt safe and were being safe.
1: Now, Chris, in terms of w- putting something like this together, how many people did you have to to pool together? How many resources did you have to get in the room to make this happen so quickly
8: yeah well that that's really the magic uh, so you know the province and and North Forge is an innovation partner of the province and they they tapped and said, look like how do we how do we help circle the wagons how do we help our most vulnerable with technology North Forge uh, you know turned to uh, you know our company permission click and others ID fusion uh, And we all came together and we just put our best people on it. So this isn't like one company built and did it. It was a whole bunch of us stepped up and uh, it was a great exercise for us to work with other smart heads, challenged all of us. But in the end it was around 12 people uh, for six, seven days of very long days over the weekend uh, to get it up and launched um, in appropriate manner. And, you know, I can tell you that for permission click day to day, we, you know, we work with school districts and, and so we brought that approach of privacy uh, you know regulatory compliance into and, and top level security into this project, so you know people really can feel good that they're uh, they're in a safe and secure environment.
7: And well, Greg, Chris, I know, remember the da- oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Joelle. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, Chris is uh, he's making it sound so easy, but basically, ID Fusion and Permission Click did seven weeks of work in six days. So absolutely incredible.
0: Well, and I, I was just going to say that, you know, I remember the day that, that Chris, uh, presented his idea for permission click at the, uh, innovation, uh, uh, presentations Grandpa and competitions. Lincoln ramp up weekend and that's probably about eight years ago now Chris and Joelle you and I have been talking about entrepreneurship for for almost a decade and this idea of how Manitobans get things done and North Forge has become such a an incredible accelerator and opportunity for people to get together on this is is this sort of the thing this type of, of of advancement and this type of project that that brought you home
7: It it is it is I mean there. I, you know, I decided to sometimes you want to see if the grass is greener on the other side. And I tell you, Manitoba is where we I feel we have the most innovative entrepreneurs where we truly pull together as a community. And it was just a matter of, you know what, after two years, I, I felt that calling. And I am so thankful that I'm back in time uh, to lead North Forge, to work with these incredible companies and to make a difference in our community.
3: Chris, I I don't think it hurts to remind people that entrepreneurs, obviously you want to, you have a bottom line to worry about, but this was people coming together, uh, volunteering their work and efforts to join forces to help other Manitobans. Was it not?
8: Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into this stuff. There's hard costs, there's volunteers, there's, there's donations and, you know, there, there's infrastructure costs. And I have to tell you that for this project, uh, we stood it up for Manitoba and, you know, with all of that work done, so your hope is that we're going to find a path, uh, you know, and see other provinces, municipalities uh, jump in and, and bring it on board as a tool to protect their uh, citizens as well. And so, you know, we're just proud to be part of it. Super thrilled that North Forge, uh, you know, tapped us on the shoulder. And, you know, I mean, we've been, uh, volu- you know, I personally, as, as uh, was mentioned, I've been in the ecosystem for, you know, six plus years volunteering. And so it's, a, you know, hey, put it's one of those like, hey, put us in, coach. Uh, let us know how we can get in and help, and, uh, and we'll jump on it.
1: The website is <laughs> helpnextdoormb.ca. Manitobans helping Manitobans. It's a network of helpers coming together as a community. When you go to the page, there's there are two icons. You can click on either I need help or I want to help, and it's powered by North Forge and uh, the province of Manitoba. So once again, Joelle Foster, CEO of North Forge, and Chris Johnson, CEO of Permission Click, joining us live on CJOB. Joel and Chris, thank you very much.
4: Hey, thanks for having
1: us. Thank you. Nine fifteen on six eighty CJOB. Coming up, we're going to check your forecast. Mm-hmm. Hang on a second here. I'm trying to. Fortier, you do it. I'm trying to <laughs> put the callers on hold. Oh,
3: Didn't poor work. Brett.
1: Yeah.
3: I, I could hit some buttons. I got buttons on this thing <laughs> in front of me. Should I just hit some and see what happens? Yeah, sure. Do it. Do yeah.
0: it. Mash away. <laughs>
1: hit, push that. Uh, push that. Whiz button. The whiz button. My dad was Oh, asking, I wish
3: it had a sound effect uh, on it.
1: My dad was asking me, so what was that what what did that button do? And I said, I don't know. You think McNab knows
3: what it does? <laughs> no. No, it said it had a bunch of numbers and I think it said config rec six four point nine nine R99. I don't know.
1: That actually sounds pretty close to what it would say. I think because mm-hmm. I've seen what those mm-hmm. what those machines do and the, the numbers you have to punch in to connect and uh I don't understand how it works I just do what the engineers tell me to do and <laughs> and uh, hope that it works here's a text message at two o four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight on tv shows that maybe don't hold up anymore the partridge family did you guys watch the partridge family greg Oh
0: yes, that was mandatory watching for me. Hello world, there's a song we've been singing.
3: Come on, get happy! Wow. Come on, get happy. Is that the one? That's the one. No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't a feel like I watched that. Whole is
0: what we'll be bringing.
3: <laughs> we are breaking all sorts happy. of radio rules today.
0: Oh
8: yeah.
3: Oh. I look was at explicit. That. Oh.
1: Well done, Jeffrey. Hello world. I'm not gonna sing along. Come on, get happy. Greg, are you going to sing along? <laughs> no, I'm just dancing. Okay, oh, he's standing down on the break. song. <laughs> But yeah, we got some more here. Trish says, The Fall Guy with Lee Majors. Sandy Ooh. says, My Fave Shows from Back in the Day, Fantasy Island, Love Boat, The Dukes of Hazard, BJ and the Bear.
8: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Greg Evigan.
1: Was that the one with the truck? That was the, he
0: drove the semi-trailer. Greg Evigan was, the, was BJ and, the, and his, bear, uh, his buddy Bear was a, was a chimpanzee. Oh, yes, that's right. A chimpanzee.
1: Why was it called Bear? That was his name. <laughs> okay. I
3: have no idea what you're talking about with the show. It's not a hot clue. Is this one of the shows
1: that you didn't get over in Minnesota?
3: I don't know what. How? What? What? I'm, I don't want to be rude. I mean, just what decade are we talking about here? The eighties. Uh, oh. Yeah, the early eighties.
1: Nineteen 1981,
0: 82, maybe.
1: Bj and the Bear from nineteen seventy-nine to nineteen eighty-one. There you go. You know, oh, this I guy's saw- got some pretty. Uh, he's got some nice hair. Oh, Evigan. Yeah. Major flow, major flow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He,
3: it reminds me of uh Tony Danza. I saw an ad the other day for whatever, you know, uh Who's the boss? Must have been one of those channels that's playing all those old ones. And I thought, yeah, I could go for some flow and a creepy van and a nanny that lives with a woman and kids. I think that all sounds good. If you have, uh, I think it's the CW,
0: WPIX out of New York. They do uh, Who's the Boss, Uh, Sanford and Son, Barney, Miller, and All in the Family. So check if you have those channels, scroll through and set up recordings. The
1: picture quality is absolutely horrendous, but uh, it's neat to watch those shows for sure. Coming up after Global News at 9.30, if you are in an organization that is in need of storage space during this crisis, we have someone who might be able to help you out, but Mackling, what's coming up in sports?
0: Postponement is no longer a 12-letter word. I'm glad Kelly Moore counted it out for the IOC and the GM of the Winnipeg Ice on What's next now that the WHL playoffs have been cancelled? Sports with Kelly Moore. Coming up at 925
5: We'll make you
2: happy
1: Yes
5: Yes
1: Mackley McGarry McNabb Heading to night court (laughs)
3: Brett, I just got a text from a friend of mine listening from Peterborough, Ontario. She's a Manitoban and likes to listen in to our morning show and put out a shout out for the night court. So here we are.
1: We were talking earlier about TV shows, about movies that when we were younger, we loved them. But now they don't hold up for whatever reason, whether it's bad visual effects or whether it's cheesy dialogue. In the case of Night Court, that was a great show. But uh, John Larroquette's character, Dan Fielding, for example, uh, was a huge misogynistic ladies' man constantly harassing Christine, I believe was the character's name. Yeah?
3: Yeah, that's the one. Greg? Yeah, well, it, it wouldn't stand the test of time, no.
1: was that a, Her name was Christine, right, Greg? It sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. hitting on her constantly. trying to remember.
0: Was that Marky Post? Marky Post played her. Yes. I believe yep. is the actress. And it was Christine, right? yeah. Okay. Harry yeah. Anderson was the judge. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, great, great yeah. pick. Any excuse to get the theme song for Nightcourt on is wonderful. At this time, we want to talk more about how we're seeing so many examples of Manitobans stepping up to do whatever they can to help out during this COVID 19 pandemic. And an old friend reached out to me the other day on Facebook with the following message. I am the assistant manager at MakeSpace Storage at Deacon's Corner. With the latest developments with the COVID-19 pandemic, I want to help out where I can. I have access to storage containers and want to offer them to emergency services, police, fire paramedic, hospital, food banks, and shelters in Winnipeg that may see an increase in storage demands. His name is Greg Vyasevich. He's also part of the Costume Alliance, a group of people who dress up like superheroes and movie characters. They do great things for kids in the community. They appeared at both shows. The Couch Potatoes co-hosted with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, Star Wars vs. Star Trek, and Superhero Showdown. And hey, he's a former broadcaster. I remember him as the Big V... So, Greg slash Big V, good morning to you, sir.
2: Good morning, guys. And uh, sorry to disappoint, but I'm wearing normal human
1: clothes today. You're not Mm -hmm. dressed up like Daredevil or the Dark Knight?
2: No, not today. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, Greg, what made you uh, uh, take this uh, step?
2: Well, you know, as a a company, we were discussing um, how MakeSpace can do their part to help out. And much like we were talking... um, I was trying to make some phone calls, and everybody was going, "Well, we're not buying today." No, no, no. It's it's not a sales call. It's it's MakeSpace wants to help out in in time of need, so that's why we were sort of targeting the uh, the special special services. we were looking at hospitals, the food banks, and uh, and shelters and whatnot. And we and we figure we have the storage capacity; they may not, especially as time goes by. They may find an increase in storage needs, so we wanted to, to do our part as a company and, and sort of help them out and, and make that offer. But that's why I wanted to talk to you guys, see if you can help me out, because it avoids that whole, uh, as much as Manitobans always pull together, there's people are always going, well, what's the catch? And, and I wanted to let uh, these services know that, no, this isn't a sales call. We want to genuinely help out.
0: So Greg, uh, nice to meet you I've never met a Greg I didn't like So we're on the right track here And, as <laughs> and the you also like
2: uh, BJ and the Bear So there's a second in there too
0: <laughs> There you go, Greg Evigan Well, good pull. you're listening I dig that As the saying goes, not all heroes wear capes uh, What kind of uh, stuff do you think people would be needing to store These organizations that you're reaching out to Because I'm looking at that list And uh, some things are coming to my mind But you've probably got a better idea
2: well, you know, it, it's food banks, it, it's a given. Uh, and I'm hoping that they will see an increase in donations um, because there's going to be a time when everybody or not everybody, but a lot of people are going to be seeing an increase in demand. Um, and, and a lot of these facilities aren't even equipped to handle what's coming in normally let alone an overabundance of donations. Um, I can see like, supplies, not just food. Uh, you know what? As we progress, you know what? Even, even the clinics that are doing the testing, they may need to store the extra tests and whatnot. So this, I personally think that uh, as makes-based company that we can offer this and sort of help uh, take the burden off everybody.
3: Greg, you might like Greg for the other Greg, but do you like the fact that I'm wearing Batman pajamas as they work from home? I feel like that should really get me in your good books too, Greg. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so uh, you mentioned it's not a sales pitch. You know, you're just wanting to come together with Manitoba. Any cost involved then for those wanting to take advantage?
2: Um, well, this is for the we're we're concentrating on the emergency services, and actually the company has is, is been offering this now in their other markets in Western Canada. We do have programs in place for the general public at a severe discounted price. Um, But but with this going on, we we are concentrating on on the donation end um, with the emergency services. uh, Like we were thinking hospitals, um, you know, any, any emergency services. So just to help us continue life as somewhat normal as we can.
1: Has the word gotten out yet? Are people making inquiries?
2: Um, We've had a couple, um, not too many yet, and I'm hoping that uh, people in charge of these services after hearing the broadcast today that we can uh, see an increase in calls and inquiries and and to help out.
0: Greg, based on your introduction that... That Brett eloquently delivered. It's obvious that you're active in the community, not just uh, in your capacity here with this business. What is it that drives you to to be so active and to be out in the community and uh, raise the spirits of kids and and to do what you do uh, basically in your free time?
2: Um, you know what? I, I'm in a position. You know, it, it, you always when you're younger, you think, okay, you know what? I, I'm just good time Charlie. I'm going to go out. But then once you start having kids, it sort of puts everything in perspective. And I'm a firm believer that if you're in any kind of position to give back to the community, you should. Whether you're a private citizen, a business, you have so many tools at your disposal to. To, to help make the world a better place. And that's what I've tried to instill in my daughter. And she's sort of taken that ball and, and, and run with it naturally, too. So she has that kind heart. So I, what, I, what I want to do is I want to, uh, as, as a company ourselves, space. we want to challenge other local businesses to do their part in the community and help out as well.
3: Well, you make a good point, Greg. It's not, you know, a lot of people think, what can I do? Or they think that that they're not in a position to do something based on their bottom line or what's in their wallet or how their business might be doing. But when we collaborate, we can do so much more. So by extending that message to other businesses, you might have a tool, they might have a tool together, you might be able to do so much more to help out in these times of need.
2: Oh, absolutely. I look at it this way. The world right now is getting a reset button. What we do with our reset button is going to change uh, the generations to come.
1: So how do we get in touch with you then? If we, if, if I'm part of an organization that says, you know what, we could really use a storage container, how do we reach out?
2: Uh, you know what, uh, you can check out MakeSpace Storage online or uh, give us a call at our Winnipeg office at uh, 204-231-1111.
1: All right. Greg Vyasevich from MakeSpace Storage joining us live on 680 CJOB, looking to do his part to help out during the COVID-19 pandemic. Greg, thanks for reaching out to let us know, and good to hear from you again, sir.
2: Yeah, you too. Thank you, guys.
1: Oh, hang on a second. I'm going to bring him back. I cut you off there at the end there, Greg. Go ahead with your final thought.
2: Yeah, you too, guys. And I want you guys to stay safe as well. All right. Thank you, Greg. then
1: then I I sort of uh, surmised that that's what he was going to say. That's just kind of weird now how that's... Sort of like how we say goodbye to each other. It's not "Hey, see you later." It's "Stay safe." And I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not condemning it. It's just how like how quickly that has become part of our vernacular, right, Mackley?
0: Yeah, be well, keep well is sort of my sign off on my emails and text messages to people that I don't see very often, and that maybe I'm reconnecting with over the last couple of weeks or so. And that's uh, I try to convey that a little bit in, in in the limited amount of stuff that I'm doing out in the community. Uh, and uh, yesterday I had to go uh, get dog food, and uh, yeah, that was just my just thanks for being here and. That was also my sentiment at the grocery store because, Loren, it would be, it would be really easy to be taking these folks for granted. I think we take a lot of the what we're considering essential frontline people now. Uh, we're, there's an awakening here in terms of who those people actually are and who we count on uh, in terms of our everyday lives.
3: And we got a text from a listener guys. I'm trying to remember if it was this week or everything blurs together or last Friday might have something to do with the fact I'm still in my pajamas but i i we got a text from a listener talking about the idea that is it time to consider tipping some of these folks? I get not everybody might be in the position to do that. You might just be um barely able to pay that grocery bill this week and a lot of people are in times of stress. but if you're in the position when I go to click and to collect tomorrow when I go to the superstore to pick up my first You know, round of groceries instead of going in the store. Should I be thinking about a tip?
1: That's a great question, and uh, because they now more than ever, they are working their butts off, and they are possibly seeing the worst in people. Right, at least at the beginning of this, when people were fighting over. The toilet paper and stealing groceries out of uh, grocery carts we heard on the shift with Drex about a blind man in Winnipeg who had the contents of his grocery cart uh, taken while uh, some of the person he was with had to run back into the store quickly so yeah grocery store workers doing their best and uh, so huge shout out to them and also just uh, remembering that there was another uh, shout out request yesterday from one of our listeners who said can you also just say hey to anyone who is suffering uh, from mental unwellness uh, because now is a uh, I think he said to fellow mental health sufferers is how that listener put it. So I uh, wanted to just say hello to you. I know this, this uh, could be a particularly difficult time. So uh, we had luckily we have friends in this fight like Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman. Make sure you go to their page, Winnipeg Love on social media or Clinic Psychology Manitoba. They've got a page on tips on how to deal with anxiety on their website. So again, Clinic Psychology Manitoba is where you can find that information.